0: Hi, I'm Thomas Horn, and approximately 45 years ago now, uh, I came home one day from work, stayed up that night in prayer, uh, and then went to sleep. The very th- next thing I knew, I was standing in front of a very brilliant light. Somehow I knew that I was standing in front of God. I also knew that he had shown me some things and that at one point even a scroll had unfolded and I had watched vivid images. Uh, I wake up and I write them down. Uh, 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 An example that most of the world knows about now was in 2010 when I saw dark clouds rising over the Vatican and woke up and wrote down that Pope Benedict XVI was going to retire in April of 2012. Uh, started talking about it publicly, in fact, came on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural, supernatural and talked about it in uh, 2011. Made that prediction. Uh, 2012 came and went, and at first it did not appear that Benedict had resigned. But then, as the world knows now, in February of 2013, the Vatican made an announcement. Pope Benedict XVI has resigned. He has retired. And that same day the Vatican's media outlet, the El Observatorio Romano, gave an interview with the New York Times uh, uh, journalist in which they admitted that Pope Benedict had actually, officially, secretly, resigned his position at the Vatican in uh, March of 2012 and then in April of 2012 it became official with the Curia, the Roman government, and they accepted his resignation. And now, of course, my phone was ringing off the hook. Everybody everywhere wanted to know who my insider at the Vatican was, right, who had been feeding me this information. And I laughingly, of course, today say that if I told them that it was the Holy Spirit, that would really confuse them. Approximately one year ago, this experience that I've had all through my adult life happened again. And I was actually on the top of a mountain somewhere and I was surrounded by thousands and thousands of people and everybody was in a panic. Everybody was screaming and running and looking back over their shoulders, including me. And that part of the vision for me was the most frightening and the most real because so far as my mind was concerned at the time, it was actually happening. And I remember turning and looking back over my shoulder and I could see this giant burning mountain that was coming through the atmosphere, breaking apart as it uh, raced towards the surface of the Earth. And as we were all running, all of a sudden, this stone fell into the Pacific Ocean. Uh, It knocked all of us off of our feet. The whole planet felt to me like it was shaking, vibrating so roughly that we could not stand up and I heard this horrible cracking sound uh, as if literally the mantle of the earth was breaking apart and again I looked back over my right shoulder and I saw this giant tsunami a massive wall of water that was coming up over the top of this mountain and I knew that we were all getting ready to perish and just then as if two large hands came down underneath my arms and lifted me up into the air so that now I was looking down on the planet. And it was horrible. It was terrifying as this water was uh, rushing over the top of all of these desperate people who were screaming and crying uh, and praying. And uh, I watched something that uh, only later did I understand was actually the science. I'm not a scientist. Uh, so I only could write down what I saw and then later verify this is exactly what scientists say would happen. As the waters of the Pacific Ocean where this stone, this massive burning stone fell were uh, boiling and the uh, aerosol that was coming up off of this water moved up into the upper atmosphere and a whole series of hurricane uh, uh, movement started moving across the hemispheres of the earth and then a second very large part of this stone that had broke off of it evidently as it entered into the atmosphere impacted the earth and ignited a series of volcanoes. And all of this material was being blown up into the upper atmosphere and getting caught in the jet stream and was moving uh, around the earth and very soon within a period of days darkening out uh, much of the sun and the moon and the stars. Uh, And then I woke up. I was so terrified, I literally almost fell out of bed Uh, and uh, grabbed a sheet of paper, which I've learned to keep next to my bed with a pen, and I started writing down all of the minute details, blow by blow, of what I had seen and what I had experienced. But before I could do that, it was as if a voice in the room spoke and uttered a single word, and that was the word apophis. Now, I knew that there was an ancient uh, Egyptian god of chaos by the name Apophis, which was the enemy of light, the enemy of Ra. I knew that. I didn't know a lot more about it than that. Um, And I also knew that NASA had discovered an asteroid at the Kitt Peak National Observatory in 2004. Uh, And at the time, they named it Apophis, after this Egyptian god of destruction. Uh, And at that time, they actually speculated that there was uh, enough of a serious chance that Apophis was going to impact the Earth in 2029 that they put it on their watch list. Later on, they decreased the, um, the chance that it's going to impact the Earth in a bit over nine years from now. But I learned later that this is probably because they're involved in a cover-up and that the um, chances of Apophis striking the Earth in 2029 is far greater than what they're admitting at this point. And by the way, in the book, I go into that. It's more than a conspiracy theory. I've interviewed and talked with astronomers, members of NASA, people with above top secret security clearance, Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis from the Pentagon, who was a senior analyst there, put me in contact with impact specialists. People like uh, Nathan Mirvold, who is constantly listed in the top 100 critical thinkers, scientific thinkers in the world, a true polymath with over 800 patents to his name, He once ran the science department at Microsoft, Uh, one of the most brilliant men on Earth, has recently published a peer-reviewed paper in an astronomy magazine in which he accuses NASA of an absolute cover-up of the threat that is posed by both Apophis and some other asteroids. So, I did all of this research and came to believe that in fact, of all dates, Friday the 13th, April 2029, Apophis is going to strike the Earth. Now, the facts around this asteroid are astonishing. Uh, It is 370 meters wide, uh, 1,200 feet wide. Or to put that into more of a you know mental gymnastic, it's four NFL football fields wide. It weighs an estimated 20 million metric tons. It is traveling at 28,000 miles per hour. And if, as I predict, it impacts the Earth in 2029. It is literally going to be equivalent to, scientists say, 65,000 atomic bombs the size of the ones that we dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima at the end of World War II that literally sunk the Japanese island. Um, They say that, at a minimum, tens of millions of people will die, uh, and possibly billions of people are going to die. NASA says that if this rock does hit the Earth, it's going to come down probably around the border of Mexico and California, so a highly densely populated uh, area. So you can understand why this was such a terrifying uh, vision to me. However, when Luke speaks of the signs and the asteroids, when the book of Revelation talks about what will happen in chapter 8, When this mighty rock called wormwood, which is what I believe this is, falls uh, upon the planet, it all precedes a moment in which believers are to look up and lift up their heads because their redemption is drawing nigh. It is a message about the imminency of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And if you are a rapture believer, then of course you know that you're not uh, appointed unto wrath and you probably won't even be here when this event happens, but it is coming, and it is an opportunity, regardless of your eschatological or uh, prophetic worldview, for believers of every type to take this as a moment to be preachers of the gospel. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power, the domain, the dynamite of God, that can convert from the Jew to the Gentile, And that is what I hope the message that is contained in the book, The Wormwood Prophecy, will do. Ignite a passion, because I did see in this vision as well, people everywhere, all around the world, on their face, begging God to deliver them from this menace. And there is a precedent in the Scripture for God averting a judgment like he did uh, with Nineveh when uh, uh, Jonah preached there Like he says in the book of Joel, if you will turn to me with all of your heart and soul and mind, he says, then the locust plague won't come. I will send you a blessing instead of a cursing. And even one of the most famous European astronomers in the world today says there is a very real chance that uh, Apophis will go through what he calls a window between Mars and Earth and be slung shot out into space only to return exactly seven years later.
1: so that was uh tom horn he's kind of known uh in evangelical circles he's a uh in times i guess what most people would call probably a conspiracy theory type guy um in times biblical prophecy type dude that's one of the uh better things that he's known for this will probably be a really short episode Just want to talk a little bit and have a couple of clips uh you know, if you listen to Tom Horn talk about that, and again, you're just ultimately taking some guy's word for it, but he's a very reasonable person, and uh, he, he puts out a lot of great content and a uh, very well researched person. But, you know, after I got back into church, um, one of the very first dreams that I had, I had a dream. I had just fallen asleep, and I was like out kind of in the middle of uh I don't know, like a a heavily wooded kind of mountainous area. I looked down at my hands, uh, my arms. I looked down for a second and uh, the dream was, it felt so vivid. You know, it was probably three or four seconds. I don't know if it was like a dream. It was just, it felt like I was there for a second. I looked down at my arms. I look up and I see this giant asteroid. It looked like a giant mountain in the sky and the sky was all red around it. And I see it like crashing into the atmosphere. And then I woke up. You know i didn't hear anything god didn't confirm anything to me i'm not saying that's from the lord just a very vivid dream that i had and uh of course i come across tom horn you know uh, i don't know how much longer later but see him speaking about it and you know just kind of uh struck with me as well but you know like an interesting question kind of seeing the world lose its mind and did politics fall apart? You know, it's like it makes you step back and wonder. Well, you know, what bigger is at play here? You know, what what power grabs are going on? Um, who is really at war with each other? Um, is there a reason a reason for people acting the way that they're acting? In this episode, I just want to kind of go over a few couple of um, news articles because I tell you, I really wonder if Tom Horn is onto something here, and there is a giant asteroid headed towards Earth. Uh, it's 100% a conspiracy theory. It's uh, a lunier one of that. You know, you think that if if something was heading towards uh, Earth, there's, there's so many independent astronomers out there, and astronomers all over the world of uh, different ideologies and governments, you know, they're constantly watching the sky. Something like that would be very hard to keep under wraps. Um, it would be very hard not to um, slip out not saying it's not possible certainly it's possible but just to uh you know just to kind of check this episode i should say that um seems like a very unreasonable thing but i don't know i mean the past few years seeing the way like the global media bodies uh at at least western uh european and american media bodies were just outright lie and just like toe lockstep a party line or a certain ideology and we'll only hire and we'll outright like suppress and de-platform people that are contrary to that i think it adds a lot more uh, credibility or credence to this being a possibility um it adds more credibility to me that a big lie like this could be kept under wraps you know just a few articles i want to talk about first i want to talk about a trend uh in the last like five years and you can kind of google it and read about it i followed it for a while but here's a cnn article billionaire bunkers how the one percent are preparing for the apocalypse say doomsday bunker and most people would imagine a concrete room filled with costs and canned goods the threat of global annihilation may feel as present as it did during the cold war but today's high-security shelters could not be more different from their 20th century counterparts. A number of companies around the world are meeting a growing demand for structures that protect from any risk, whether it's a global pandemic, an asteroid, or World War III, while also delivering luxurious amenities. Yeah, the article goes on to uh, kind of talk about all these billionaires. And you know, if you've read about it, uh, you can Google it. Uh, there's a lot of billionaires. You know, Mark Zuckerberg is building a giant bunker in Hawaii. New Zealand seems to be a really popular place where a lot of uh, famous politicians, rich business people are building these underground bunkers that are completely self sustaining around the world. Uh, when COVID broke out, there are reports of a lot of them kind of traveling off to them. You know, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Huh? I mean, you know. When billionaires start building underground cities or underground bunkers, I mean, you kind of wonder what's going on with that. Obviously, they're pri- privy to information that the common folk are not privy to. I'm to go over an article. Actually, you know, listening to Tom Horn, I was researching Apophis a little bit, and I found an article from February of 2016, and it's titled, Russia's Ballistic Missiles Versus Asteroid Apophis. In what sounds like an elevator pitch for the Armageddon sequel, Russian scientists announced that they developed intercontinental ballistic missiles that aim to destroy asteroid Apophis, which is going to swing by Earth in 2036. You know, the article goes on to say that it will approach in 2029 and then again in 2036. And uh, it also says right here, the 2029 approach calculates Apophis to have a 27 Percent chance of impacting Earth and is estimated to come no more, no closer than 18,000 miles. Um, In fact, anyone looking up that night, the asteroid will appear as a moderately bright point of light moving across the sky. The 2036 approach, however, is what's got doomsayers into overdrive, all and all because the paper initially stated that it has a small estimated chance of impact less than one in 44,000. And then, of course, a little bit after this article, uh, NASA came out and said that they've you know, rechecked the data and uh, they don't believe it to come initially as close as we thought, etc., etc. You know, I couldn't find much more on them after that. The way the article closes, apparently, Russia is still going ahead with this. They're going to, their plan is to nuke this asteroid uh, to potentially. Get it out of the path of the Earth, even lessen the possibility of it. I don't know. The article goes on to say that, you know, that people aren't thrilled with um, Russia taking this approach, and that, you know, there's a violation of the Outer Space Treaty, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, you wonder why, <laughs> why Russia in 2016 is talking about shooting a nuclear weapon at this Apophis uh, asteroid that Tom Horn goes on and talks about. But anyway. Another article from uh, April 2019. Scientists suggest testing Russian Martian probe on a Pophis asteroid first. A similar mission was suggested before the failed Phobos grunt mission. And what this is, this is an article, uh, apparently scientists, I don't know, it's some Russian institute. I don't know if it's associated with their government. But they were wanting to send some type of, uh, uh, you know, remote-controlled probe to land on a Pophis to uh, yield valuable scientific information, whatever that means. You know, some recent news, um, anybody that's been following this week, uh, NASA is about to ra- to launch their most powerful mega rocket um, into space, the uh, Artemis rocket, which is the size of the Empire State Building. And apparently it's so big because it is a transporter of sorts. It can lift a lot of weight and it can transport... And uh, they're saying that the mission is is supposed to, uh, this is a test flight, to basically go around the moon and that they have plans. Obviously NASA's announced they have plans to go back to the moon, to uh, put a a manned base there of sorts, and this is the, uh, the kickoff to that. You know, if that's really the case, you know, who knows? I mean, I guess we have no reason not to take them for their word, but it's a little weird. You know, they've not launched a rocket of this size since the 60s, the Saturn V, and that was to initially go to the moon, but I guess we're deciding to go back or we're transporting heavy things to space, whatever that's about. You know, earlier this week I watched a Netflix movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and a few other uh, big names um, called Don't Look Up, and it's about the fact uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is, you know, like an... Astrophysicist or whatever he is, working for uh, Michigan University, and him and his PhD candidate happen to observe this comet, and they do the calculations. They find out it's heading towards Earth, and then the movie is kind of about like them as the scientific class clashing up against you know the, this populist populist president who is only worried about poll numbers and you know their their, their own election whatever and it's just the frustration that they go through and trying to let the world know and let the ruling class know how serious of a threat this is that we need to do something about it. And uh, they go on, you know, and the president finally takes them seriously, seriously when they need their poll numbers up and you know they develop this plan to knock it off course. The plan is canceled last moment because there's some rich billionaire type who decides that it's too valuable to blow this thing off course. We need to late till it gets closer and then blow it up so that we can mine the uh, you know the trillions and trillions of dollars worth of uh, minerals on it. I mean, yes, you know it's just a movie, and uh, there's been a ton of movies like that, but I think it does like speak to if you know if you were privy to that knowledge that there was some type of apocalyptic event heading towards Earth. And, you know, you'd look at, like, these populist Trump voters, man. And you would look at, like, these fundamentalist, like, conservative religious ideologues and all these people who would say, oh, well, you know, this is, this is uh, a sign from God. This is, this is this, this is that. And trying to, uh, you know, argue with these troglodytes, these, these cavemen would be impossible. We can't tell them. They would panic. There would be looting and rioting. Uh, yeah, you would, you would want to keep a secret and you would want to um, rally the uh, political and intellectual elite around the world who understand your worldview, who understand um, the need for a higher calling, it, it, you know, you understand the way that they would take it. So I know. It, it's, uh, it's a huge leap, and uh, absolutely it is. But it is like a—you know, I love a good conspiracy theory sometimes— And this definitely has, like, perked my interest some. And uh, I want to play one other clip. You know, there was a clip, like, two weeks ago of Sam Harris coming out and talking about the Hunter Biden laptop. You know, there's so much going on in politics, and I'm not done an episode in a while. Uh, The Mar-a-Lago raid, um, the bankrupting of Alex Jones, uh, the continued, just outright jackbooted, supremacy the justice department the fbi it, you know i don't know man I, I don't think these people are evil people I, I think it's atrocious the things that they're doing but man if you apply that greater good selfless argument um to their cause it would justify their actions much more in my mind. They would believe they are serving humanity and doing it. Not only that, they would be more willing to be brazen to do unethical things. Uh, if they believed they were saving the planet, if they believe this was for the greater good, that they you know they're ultimately heroes for doing this. Now, how does Trump tie into this or anything? i'm I'm not making that association. I'm not saying that., uh, the reason I even brought up Trump because a couple weeks ago there was a a clip of Sam Harris and I you know I I really enjoyed Sam Harris so I used to before Trump uh when he went just insane but a very well argued well reasoned intellectual who would man like even if you didn't always agree with him like he he would he would give fair play to the other side of an argument and he would more often than not like you could understand his reasoning and his logic he, he would be very transparent uh But he came out on this Hunter Biden laptop story. I'm gonna play that and what I want you to catch though, is the very end of this. So I'm gonna play this, and then I'll play the uh, very end of it.
2: I mean, Hunter Biden, at that point, Hunter Biden literally could have had had the corpses of children in his basement. I would not have cared, right? It's like, there's nothing. First of all, it's Hunter Biden, right? It's not, it's like, it's not Joe Biden, but, even if Joe, like, even the, whatever scope of Joe Biden's corruption is, like, if you if we could just go down that rabbit hole endlessly and and understand that he's getting kickbacks from Hunter Biden's deals in Ukraine or wherever else, right, or China, it is infinitesimal compared to the corruption we know Trump is involved in. It's like it's like it's like a firefly to the sun, right? I mean, like, there's just it doesn't even it doesn't even stack up against trump university right trump university as a story is worse than anything that could be in in hunter biden's laptop in my view right now that's not that doesn't answer the people who say it's still completely unfair to not have looked at the laptop in a timely way and to have shut down the you know the new york post's twitter account like that that's a, just a conspiracy that's a left wing conspiracy to deny the presidency to donald trump Absolutely it was, absolutely, right? But I think it was warranted, right? And I'm, and again, it's a coin toss as to whether or not Sam, I'm sorry, that particular piece I'm, I'm really is, yeah. sorry. I, I was the one that said we should move yeah, yeah, on, but you've just oh, yeah. said something I really struggle with there, which is the, you the, support- the, kid, the, kid, the kids in the basement? You, no, no, <laughs>
0: the kids in the basement. I'm interested in democracy. You're saying you are content with a left-wing conspiracy to prevent somebody being democratically reelected as president.
2: Well no I I'm content well so it's but the thing is it's just not left wing right so Liz Cheney is not left wing right Liz Cheney is doing everything with a conspiracy in her power to prevent somebody no, being democratic. No it's not like no but there's nothing conspiracy it's not it, it was a conspiracy out in the open it does but it doesn't matter if it was it doesn't matter what parts conspiracy what parts out in the open
1: See though like there were a few weird things about that <laughs> the Hunter Biden kids in the basement stuff um is obviously a callback to a few episodes I've done. It's a little weird that he would drop that line, but there are a lot of conspiracy theories, stuff like that. Um, man, there's a lot of weird things going on around Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. But uh the way like he kind of offers that up, and notice the way he's stuttering, and he's like jumping from point to point. He's having a hard time. He's a very intellectually intelligent guy, and he's having a hard time bridging his own arguments. Um, he's having a hard time... Pushing back just a few kind of softball questions, it seems to me, and just guessing here, but like he knows that his argument doesn't make any sense. Uh, the fact he'd bring up Trump University, I mean, even if Trump, you know, squandered people out of tens of thousands of dollars of providing classes, I mean, the fact you would compare that to like the sitting president of the U.S. government uh, being for sale enriching himself off the office uh, like outright you know the same things that uh, they accuse trump of and just like there's no equivocation to be had here but but the part that gets me is this like last few seconds and this is i'm going to close off the clip with this but uh the episode with this
2: i mean i think it's like if people get together and talk and talk about what should we do with, about this phenomenon you know if, if it's like if there, if there was an asteroid hurtling toward Earth and, and we got in a room together with all of our friends and had a conversation about what we could do to deflect its course, right? Is that a conspiracy? You know, like some of
1: the- I mean, yeah, you know, it kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> but the way he closes up his whole, it's okay to ignore the Bidens and we have to stop Trump argument with that analogy. And maybe he's just- Saying that Trump is, you know, an asteroid to Western democracy, which I still don't get that argument. It drives me insane because why? (laughs) What policy wise? But, uh, or he's uh, can't help himself but say that because it's like, you idiots, if you just knew what we're, we're trying to do here, we're trying to save mankind. You don't understand this is bigger than Trump. This is, we have to protect this, these, this, uh, Western world order, you know this this global global uh, global governing apparatus that uh, understands these things and has a plan is the only one who is able to handle this existential threat. That is why Trump is a threat because he is not part of this team that is going to save the Earth. If you look at things in that aspect, and it's a huge leap. It's a huge leap, and there's a lot of holes to it. Absolutely, absolutely, but. but Man, imagine if, you know, you were you were part of the, the secret end club of the, the, the power establishment, right? Of politicians, of businessmen, of, of the Elon Musk and the Bill Gates of the world, you know? And uh, you knew about this. And you had some type of plan to, or you knew you all had to work together to keep it secret. And you knew that the... The frailty of democracy and and entertainment news and all the different opinions and polling and we should do this or do that, like that needs to be kept aside because people can't handle this, but we understand, you know, the higher calling, um, the intellectual approach of how to handle this, the greater good, and we have to protect this and we have to see this out. Uh, We have to save mankind. We have to save humanity. You know, it's an argument you hear with um, a lot of the green, green movement and it's tied into a lot of things um lgbtq rights and and, and uh you know greenhouse gases and this and that and overpopulation etc cetera, etc cetera. um you know and it's not that i'm not sympathetic to that argument you know democracy can be frail and especially when it's governed four years at a time um i hey i you know i can't understand that but it's uh Man, you better make sure you know who you're listening to. You know? You better make sure you know who you're listening to before you decide something like that. Uh, what if you're being lied to? You know? Anyway, that's it. 30 minute episode short. I'm going to try to be back next Monday, and I'm going to try to get this thing going again. Have a good week.